0: Hey, gang, you know what's on my mind more than deleting all the annoying kids' shows that show up in my YouTube watch history from over quarantine? Better marketing decisions. Yep, that's right. That's why I'm so excited to be supported by my friends at Pure Cars, who put the power of data and superior information into the hands of dealers where it belongs. Use PureCar to make better marketing decisions and get better results. Visit purecars.com to get a free, no risk, no obligation digital strategy analysis today. That's purecars.com. Welcome, welcome to this episode of The Dealer Playbook, a podcast that explores what it takes to create a thriving career right here in the retail auto industry. I'm your host, Michael Cirillo. Today, delighted to be joined by world-renowned creativity expert, and founder of The Creator Mindset, Nir Bashan. Let's do this. All right, so I'm digging into this. I'm, I've been excited about this for a while. It's been on the calendar for a while. I'm excited to speak with you because we've never had anybody on the show that kind of takes the avenue that you do. There's a lot of talk about how do we make more money and what are the word tracks that we can deploy? And what are the what are the little tactics here and there? But when you have somebody with your stature who's worked with Hollywood superstars and music in music and in film, um I mean, this is I guess where we want to start before we dig into the creator mindset and and everything you've got going on and how that translates to business. What in the world is it like working with somebody like Woody Harrelson? <laughs> right.
1: You know, uh, it's uh, different and, you know, unique. And you think, oh, man, what a what a cool what a cool guy. You know, uh, you, you watch the movies growing up and you would never think that you would you know be working with someone like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I mean, there's no uh, sugarcoating how like awesome it is. Um, (laughs) The thing is, you know, that, that I really found um, is that, you know, he's no different. It's, it's amazing, right? We, we, we load on so much, you know, hopes and dreams and, right. and like aspirations onto these people that we think are going to be like mind-blowingly amazing. And, you know, when we meet them or we're working with them, we're like, yeah, they're kind of ordinary. And that's, uh, that's the general takeaway. And and that's what I found in, in a lot of, uh, a lot of people in Hollywood, a lot of people in the music business. I work in music forever. I, I worked on KRS-One album on oh, Cypress wow. Hill. You remember Cypress Hill? Remember those guys? <laughs> So it's it's, you know it really is uh, it really is identifying that they're really no different than than we are.
0: Yeah, it, it it's funny you say that. So music business, are you producer, uh, engineer? What were you doing? All of it? I was. So
1: I was a musician forever uh, in like local L.A. punk bands, and okay. then and then I I moved into engineering and and producing and doing that kind of stuff. But I
0: was mainly a uh, an engineer. Man, I there's a whole other side conversation we might have to have a podcast about that i mean i have a past life in the music business oh, sound, cool. sound engineering the the one hit or maybe two hit wonders hinder i worked on their second you remember them lips
1: of an agent
0: <laughs> um but i mean the la punk scene i'm in canada but man i was in a punk band in high school i mean who nice. wasn't you know less than jake and and, oh man, like, I'm just oh, like, we could talk about that forever. Um, So that's, that's super cool, man. Um, and, and you're right. The one thing that was kind of shocking to me working with these dudes who have just come off this huge hit, they're now recording their second album is that the big concern for them at times was like, Hey, Hey, is there anything in my teeth? <laughs> Like, <laughs> you know, like, hey, do I got, I'm about to step in the booth. But that, that salad, is there any salad in my teeth? You know, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm like, we're just people. We're all showing up to just go to work.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, totally. And, you know, I worked on, on some hip hop albums of people that, you know, I can't really talk about, right? Cause they're still pretty famous. And, you know, the antics were pretty interesting, but you know, you think it's going to be a party, right? You think it's going to be a music video, yeah. right? With, you know, cars and like bikinis yeah. and like, right. But there's nothing like that at all. <laughs> like we started at nine, we ended at five. I remember a famous rapper coming out of the booth after doing, you know, his thing over, uh, over a few different lines and, you know, Hey hey, guys, I'm sorry. I gotta, we gotta call my wife. And we're like, Hey, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, let's take five. Right. And he's like, yeah, honey. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick up diapers on the way home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's no traffic, I should be home in an hour. Like it was that kind of yeah. thing, you know? And, and just
0: so just like every day and it's fascinating. It it's also, it's funny because we, we talk about the car industry. Um, like it's a cutthroat industry and it is, but like, just like there are other industries, but bro, like the music business that is cut throat. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I remember my first experience <clears throat> junior, like junior of the junior engineer, almost just like a, like a, almost a roadie at this point, but fresh out of, fresh out of sound engineering school. And it's like, Hey, senior engineer or like head engineer sent, you know, first engineer or whatever sends you the, this, this, uh, thumb drive you're like, "What's this?" And he's like, "Oh, those are all the drum tracks." Okay, what do you what do you need me to do? I need you to edit it all. I need I need them quantized. I need like everything. And you're like, "Okay, so that's that's an entire album of of tracks?" Yeah, yeah, with multiple takes, with multiple channel, like 64 channels on a drum kit. Like just the tunnel on the kick drum had four mics on it and just stuff right, like right. that. Oh and, okay. And it just big and beefy. And I'm like, "Okay, so what do we have? A couple of weeks?" He's like, no, I need them by 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. You're like, but it's <sighs> but it, it's 6:30. <laughs> you know, six. Like, yeah, no, I, yeah. It's just the way man. We're on a budget, and you're like, whoa. But all I'm right. really appreciative of that because, and I think it kind of ties into maybe where we want to go with this conversation. And and we probably lost all the dealers. They're like, great, the time about the music, <laughs> but we're out. Stick with me, DPV gang, because this ties into I think what what I would love to just you know venture into with you. I learned in that moment how to get creative, not just with my skill set of editing drum tracks, but how yeah. to get creative with time, how to get creative with grouping things together. I don't wanna say multitasking, because some people have different definitions of that, but certainly crunching time and doing multiple things at once. And I learned how to get creative with my capacity, with my brain power. And so, you know. In that, I guess, let, let's talk about the transition. So you had all these cool experiences in music and in Hollywood and all that. H- how did that transition to you being the founder of, of um, the creative mindset and, and everything that you're doing now with that? Definitely. So what my takeaway was um, from all these creative people that I was working with
1: is that if they can do it, so could I, right? And then I started to really dive in and see that creativity was a process like anything else, and it's something that anybody can learn to do, no matter who you are. You just have to have the will and the want to learn it because it's really important. And then I left the creative business, right? And then I started running a furniture refinishing company, I worked, uh. You know, in uh, in sales and just all these different fields. And I noticed time and time again, the people that do well in the dealership world or in, you know, consulting are those that are creative. They're constantly coming up with ideas, changing and adapting. And those that were not successful were the least creative, right? And so I started to put down uh, like a recipe of how anybody can become creative in any field and do well. And so what what I do today is I have a consultancy and, and I have a book out called The Creator Mindset. And it's really a how to guide. Right. I'm so tired of all the philosophy that's out there right now in in our world. Right. People don't need philosophy. They need like what what can they do today? Right. Like, Especially in the dealership world. Man, talk about, you know, a a universe that needs creativity at every step, you know, how to get a customer, how to get them to engage, how to convert, you know, some some online browsing into a customer who will actually show up. Um, how do we work today in, you know, uh, where people don't want to show up because of COVID and all of right. these things? Like, how do we adapt and constantly change Um, and these things are more important today than ever. Uh, So I think a dose of creativity and understanding that creativity is not art. It's not about music. It's not about acting or theater or dance. It's really about using a different portion of your brain to generate ideas that don't come from an analytical perspective. I feel like a lot of people are really locked into analytics, spreadsheet logic, and they're looking constantly at the P&L. Okay, how many units did totally. we you know, sell this month? It's like, yeah, the problem with that is that those numbers don't show you what's happening in the future. They at best show you what happened a little while ago, a month ago, two months ago, two weeks ago. And it's, to me, shocking that leadership uh, in different fields and you know, so on and so forth are making decisions based on a snapshot from the rear view mirror about what will happen tomorrow. And that that's why we need more
0: creativity. All right. Before we get any further into this conversation, I want to tell you about an incredible resource to supercharge your sales volume. Now, as many of you know, unless you've been living under a rock, there are lots of marketing companies and services out there who claim to be able to deliver buyers to your online or actual showroom. But I've seen Pure Cars up close, and I got to tell you, I was super impressed. It's the real deal. They connect the dots between your marketing and operations. Pure Cars tools are powerful, and simply put, they work. Whether your goal is to grow market share versus your competitors, turn your inventory faster, increase ROs, or expand your reach. Go to purecars.com to get your free digital strategy analysis and unlock your dealership's true profitability potential. Again, that's purecars.com. Yeah, I think this is so powerful, too, because um, as I'm taking notes here, I'm thinking about the conversations that we've been having, and they are very much like trend, like, here, here's what happened back here, and we need to try and use that. But COVID brought up an interesting thing because it shook a lot of businesses at their core, and especially the car business. Different regulations, you have to shut down, layoffs, furloughs, Um and now all of a sudden, guess what happens? We don't have any year-over-year metrics to look back on because 2020's metrics are incredibly skewed. And we have no real measure of like, well, what's 2021 supposed to look like? How do we trend that upwards? Because essentially anything from 2020 is going to be a trend upwards. Totally. Um, this brings up a good point too as it relates to all of this because you know we have a lot of conversations now about Oh gosh. I mean, anybody that's following the news and I know our industry follows the news, like the, the Apple car and how that's moving on to the next step. And they're having conversations with Hyundai and there's no secret around that. And they want to kind of co-develop this thing. And we wonder, Oh crap. Apple is creative. They have figured out the trade process. They've figured out the online retail process. They've figured out, you know, um, 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 estimations on values, and they figured out how to engage an audience, retention. They've got all these, they've got distribution figured out. And a lot of dealers I know are going, wait, in 08, 09, there were like 42,000 dealerships in the United States. By the end of 09, there were 18,000 or 17,000. What is this going to mean? What is Apple going to do to shake to our core? And they get stuck in their analytical mind, as you're saying. And so I love what you're talking about here is we don't need to have a conversation about what if, we need to have a conversation about, but what can we do right now?
1: What's in front of us right now? And, you know, but there's too many people who are talking about, you know, maximizing your analytics. And, you know, I I do some consulting in in manufacturing and, you know, I got called out to a place to, you know, find out why the efficiencies aren't better. Okay. So I start to dig in and we look at the efficiencies and it's a machine in a particular place with a particular operator. And I say, okay guys, what do you guys want to do? Well, we need 0.01% more efficiency. I don't know, I'm making up the number because I forgot because year over year that will benefit us and you know, it'll improve the bottom line by this amount. Right. I said, okay guys, but are we really asking the real question here? And, and they were like, yeah, I mean, we want more money. I said, okay, but what what is the value of what that person is doing to the marketplace? They're like, zero value in I'm like, okay, then we need to really talk about what it is that we're doing. And so we kind of dug in and we started to explore what the value of their product or service was in the marketplace. And they thought, hey, you know, we're, we manufacture, you know, little parts for you know in great tolerances for the military in in and, and you know commercial aviation operation uh, that's kind of what we do. I said, okay, so what do you what do you consider yourself? And and at the root of the problem, they weren't looking at their business creatively. They were like, we're a manufacturer. I was like, let's look at it creatively. They're like, cool, near, we do manufacturing. I'm like, not creative, <laughs> not good, guys. Let's go a little bit deeper. Like not why are we doing this? It. That sucked. Yeah, totally. Right. And then, and so we started digging in and they really, they, they kind of got the idea that at their core, they're in the business of trust, Mm. trust, and their customers engage with them because they trust them and they have a track record of delivering that enables them to do complicated things in a, a, a dependable measure, right? So imagine, right, you have a dealership or you have a several sort of, uh, you know, network of of dealership. What is your identity? What is your creative identity? Why is it that you are doing that particular thing and exploring how you're doing it and sort of extracting the creative meaning of what that product or service um, means to your customers is incredibly valuable it is tenfold more valuable than looking at your pnl sheet i mean anybody can look at a pnl sheet and go yeah we got to sell more units but that that does nothing for your brand it does nothing to keep you updated and keep you in the loop of of changes which are coming and it really doesn't do anything to help position you as a value add to that Particular customer. We get so, you know, so down in the rabbit hole of thinking, oh, you know, um, my customer shops here on price. I get that a lot when I'm consult. Um, near we're the cheapest. So that's, that's how I keep customers going. It's a rates to the bottom. Right. Uh, margins suck. I'm like, well, what are you doing about it? You know, this is all about doing. This isn't about thinking. It's not about theory. We're not in college. You know, we're not writing a dissertation here. We're a friggin car dealer, right? We gotta, we gotta sell units. I get it. But how we do that and, and the approach that we take can be as individual as that particular business. That individualism must rely on. Creativity. The brain is separated into two hemispheres. One is analytical. One is creative. Unless we activate the creative side and unite it as a super unit to solve incredibly difficult problems, your dealership is doing the same damn thing that the guy next door is doing. And in order to differentiate you need to take the analytics. Don't throw it away. Okay. Use it, but ignite and learn how to develop the creative side of the mind so that your problem solving becomes your market identity. And therein by build loyal and incredibly
0: engaged customer base. Oh man. There's so much that I love about this. And the first one is the, the first thing that I love about your message is it's hopeful. It's not like, Oh, and by the way, only certain creative minds can. You're, you're like, no, you can develop this. I love what Anybody. you just said about like unifying it with the other part of your brain to create this like supercomputer, as it were. Um, it's also very timely, even for my own organization, because as we develop technology solutions and things of that nature, I've been really pushing and saying, hey, I don't want to just create features to feel like we're catching up to what people want. I want us to innovate. I want us to go further past what people think they need right now so that we're thinking to the future. And I mean, we we started this conversation kind of talking about how we do have more creative artsy minds and stuff like that, but that doesn't necessarily translate to business. So I want to ask you this from the dealer's perspective, what is something they can do today or this week? That is gonna to start to shift the way they they think and start, as you say, marrying the creative side of their brain with the analytical process side of their brain.
1: So the first thing your listeners can do right now is to start to understand the value of the little victory. Listen, I've been I've worked my whole life since I was nine years old, right? And in in incredibly competitive sales environments, what ends up happening is the North star is always the sale. Time out. Okay. The North star being the sale is not necessarily the most important thing. And hear me out. The reason is that the little victories that happen along the way may be far more powerful and indeed usually are than hitting that target in the first place. Okay. I'll give you an example. There was a ice cream salesman many years ago, wanted to sell a bunch of ice cream machines. So his technique with analytical and any business that thinks analytically only will plateau at a certain point. I don't care who you are or what you do. You're going to plateau. You're going to run out of people to sell to on and on. Right. So what he did was he, you know, he's, oh man, I'm stuck. And he saw that a restaurant in California kept ordering machines. He was like, what's going on here? I'm going to have a creative idea, right? I'm going to get on a plane and go check it out. Most people wouldn't do that. Most people would be like, oh, great, sell them more machines, whatever. Oh, find new customers. Oh, you know, sell, sell, sale, sale. So he took time out. He went, looked at the at the at the restaurant, and you know, there was a line 45 minutes out the door. He stood in line for 45 minutes to go and and finally get to order. He had the best cheeseburger he's had in his entire life. And the guy's name was Ray Kroc, and the restaurant was McDonald's. So what I urge your listeners to do is look at those little victories and set those as milestones instead of that big target and allow for the little victories to have, at the end of the day, more meaning than that top uh, North star. And it might sort of shift you into a slightly different direction, which makes us so uncomfortable because we don't like change. We don't like unpredictability. We don't like when things don't go according to our little master plan. But when you allow the little victories to kind of push you into the direction that you need to go, what you end up doing is you end up connecting authentically with the customer.
0: Yeah. I think this is so powerful too. As you're listen, as I'm listening to you and I'm taking notes, my mind's moving on how much that actually resonates with me. Um, it's those it's those little victories as I think through my own progression. it's the little victories that bring me mm, what's the right word like satisfaction or confidence or like whatever the outcome of that small victory might be in it and it actually uses an accelerant to, to keep pursuing to keep pushing. In the moments where I feel pressured, or where there's this un- unclear expectation that creates pressure. I never perform, I contract. You know, so does that feed into what you're talking about? Just this idea of opening yourself up, seeing the small successes that propel you forward?
1: Yeah, and and shifting your mindset, you know, from one of if I don't make the sale, I'm a failure right what let's say your dealership is really really good at you know customer service you get good reviews and it's not cuz you're prompting people nonstop oh you know please write us a review oh five star only you, you know that kind of thing you, you're you're genuinely good at it that has incredible value that cannot be uh marked up on a spreadsheet right i, I do a lot of work i do keynotes and workshops with see uh, CFO groups right financial people because they especially out of everyone they understand that the numbers don't tell you everything yet here we are operating our businesses fully on the understanding that the numbers are everything and nothing else matters it, it's not true and what we end up doing is we we end up going steamrolling past what is working in the business. And instead of shoring that up as a method of being differentiated in the marketplace, as a method of the value add, eventually bringing in more sales and really developing, you know, lifelong types of brands, what we end up doing is like, ah, forget that, you know, so what if we have good customer service, how many units are we selling? That mind shift has to happen. The mindset shift. Has to happen. And everything I talk about, every single tool that I have 92 of them in in the book, it's free. It costs zero. It's not like, oh, you got to buy a piece of machine. Oh, you got to buy some software that'll help you. Oh, you got to, you know, it, it really is about shifting your mindset to allowing a Different qualification system than what we've been nurtured with forever, right? From, from our childhood and, you know, God forbid if you went to business school, right? We're nurtured with that sense of, you know, the sale as being the North Star, but there is so much more value than just the sale. And there are ways to sure up amazing things that might not end up with dollars in your bank account, but will eventually position you to Reap more
0: reward, yeah. Wow, this just I it, it's just like I feel like I'm listening to a choir that I don't want to stop singing, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, <laughs> I was trying to think of a better, That's analogy, awesome. but I, I was it. like, preach, man, preach because it is so powerful, it's not all about money. Now, there is a huge disconnect I think in the the retail car business because you do have OEMs publishing a monthly report that say here's how you stack up to the other dealers in your region. It is very numbers driven. Volume incentives and and gross and and net and profit margins and back end of the deal, front end of the deal and it's all very money driven. But you're right like the the dealers that go okay, I understand that I also understand the fact that I'm in Doglick, Nebraska. So I'm never going to be able to compete against, in numbers wise, against, you know, Manhattan or, you know, some other area. But we doubled down on our community and we got creative in our community and we built a community. We have lifelong third, fourth, fifth generation buyers that are coming through our store now because of, to your point, getting creative inside of customer service. What would I enjoy? if I was buying a high ticket item, what would I expect? What would I want? What are the little things that I would be paying attention to? What would my wife be looking for? And and they get inside the head of their customers, get out of their own head, and that opens them up to all these possibilities. That's the secret recipe. The relationship building is the secret
1: recipe for success today. Anybody listening to this show right now, I guarantee you, can come up with a flash in the pan idea of how to make those numbers go up today or tomorrow or next week or this entire FY 2021. Okay. I I could do it right now. I can come up with some douchebag ideas and we'll make a shitload of money. Okay. But that's not the point. The point is not to be a flash in the pan. The point is to eventually go up. I I think we need to recalibrate our compass a little bit. We've gotten so ingrained in this idea of rapid growth that we're losing the foundational aspects that build real growth, sustainable growth, meaningful growth. We are constantly talking about, oh, you know, let's get rich quick and, you know, let's have our our dealership sell out all the units. This is great. Is it really about that? You know, you have a bunch of V8s on your lot. Right, that that sold out quickly because you you know you're a rural uh, truck dealer. Let's say pickups, right? And you have a bunch of of the turbo fours that are sitting on the lot because nobody wants them, dude. That's your fault, right? It's it's your educational outreach. It's how you're dealing with customers that you can't translate. Hey, this OEM built an amazing new new truck and it gets six more miles a gallon and it the same performance up to 86 miles an hour or whatever the stats are and you know this is an incredible it's the departure from the v8 this is the future of pickups right and and the fact that that those trucks are sitting on the lot while all the v8s are gone you know that's that's the problem. It's not about that rapid sale getting yeah 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 yeah. You know we're gonna sell ice. To, you know we're gonna sell anything to anybody. It's really about understanding the fundamentals of who you are creatively as a business, and then you know that road to get there. It's it's slow and maybe unsexy, and maybe people don't want to hear it. They want to hear the get rich quick, but it's not about that. It's yeah. about steady growth building relationship. It's about, you know, giving really good information out uh, and realizing that the economy has completely changed. You know, it used to be that uh, buyer A meets product or service B, and there's a connection and they buy it. Today, somebody looking for a car, um, you know, it might be uh, buyer A goes to, you know, J, and J is a friend, not even in the auto business, who says, Oh, I really like the, you know, this model. And then J then goes back to, to to B, B turns into Z. It's not connected. There's no very simple relationship anymore. And you need to put energy in all of these things. Some of them are free. They're they're the value in providing that product or service for free will come back later. But it's not it's not something you can track, right? It's just it's, it's really about doing the right thing and, and realizing how that will add to
0: your profitability eventually. Yeah. I always wonder, so that we've done over 400 episodes of this podcast. I would say a solid 75% of them all come back to building relationships of trust and the importance of that. And something you've brought up that we haven't talked about in a, in a while the law of reciprocity like give more than you ask for and this is a cutthroat industry where it's ask 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 it's like no what do you give 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 um i was on a are you familiar with this new app that's just taken the market by storms called clubhouse no okay so it, it, it's a week ago full transparency a week ago i got my invite it's by invite only it's it's um growing rapidly they're still in beta They started developing this app in I think March of 2020 by June, they had 1500 users and a guy rolled along and gave them stroke the check for a hundred million bucks. Now it's lighting up. You've got all these celebrities in there. I got my invite on Sunday last week and my bio said I'm on clubhouse for a reason. I just don't know what it is yet. It's kind of like a glorified hype, supercharged conference call. You can join rooms. It's all audio. There's no video. Anyways, Here's the important thing. You have all these big names in there that are starting to get added in. um, And their message is the same. Build relationships of trust. Focus on your customer. I think everybody wants this quick fix, the, this click funnels. I made $18 million in the first 20 months of my business. No, when you look at the disclaimer on those sites, it's the same as an MLM. It's like, well, these results are not typical. Less than 1% <laughs> of blah, 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 blah. And there's so much, circling back to something you said earlier, we're so focused, you know, we're the, we're the Philadelphia cream cheese angel sitting up in cloud nine that, that we forget to focus on what's right in front of our face, that we can innovate with. I, I'm, I'm, you know, an aha moment for me in this industry, a buzz that kind of passed through was the, the topic of disruption or disruptive innovation. And it was like, Uber's coming for us, Airbnb's coming for hotels, yada, yada, yada. You know where my brain went near? It went to wait, did Uber create the internet? No. Did they create smartphones? No. Did they create payment processing? No. Did they create ride sharing? No. Did they create taxi systems? No. Did they create people? No. Wait, you mean they just leveraged? all of the resources that were right in front of their face and packaged it in an innovative way to bring to market. And now look at them, billion-dollar company. They, they, We all already have what we need. It's right in front of us. There is so much value that we're all leaving
1: on the table, I got to tell you. And a lot of that comes from the fact that we view things negatively. Right, And when we make the shift to view things positively, then we are able to create incredible meaning and incredible successes yet we frame things more negatively than we do positively. I just wrote an article for, I think uh, real, real leaders about the English language. I thought, And I did some research that, you know, there's more ways to describe negative things than there is positive things in English. Mm. So for every good word or positive word, there's like 10 negative words bad, sucks, you know, uh,
0: terrible, horrible, all these things, right? I can tell you're you're not a negative thinker because you struggled coming up with the words there. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw (laughs) that? Um, And so,
1: you know, I thought, oh, that's probably only in English, (laughs) but it's not. It's in every language on earth, all 100. You know, 52 languages on earth have more ways to describe negativity than positivity. And the power of our thought process and our mindset is more powerful than what's in front of us. And if we're able to view our situations positively, then we're able to transcend any problem that comes up. It sounds simple. It sounds maybe cliche or naive, but it is 100% true. If we allow ourselves to think with the fullness of our capacity, our God-given capacity, then there's absolutely no problems that we can't solve. Most of the time, we're looking at the wrong things.
0: Yeah, this is so tremendous. I want to talk a little bit about your book because I want everybody to be able to get uh, a copy of that. The, The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets of Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. He's got it right there. Um, I want everybody in my business to have this book. So we're, we're buying copies for everybody in my business, but I think everybody needs to get a copy. How do they get their hands on that?
1: Yeah. So it's on Amazon. Um, so it's easy to get a copy. It's uh, in Barnes and Noble. So if you want to put a mask on in Canada and the U.S., um, go to the store. It's available at uh, just about every bookstore in the country.
0: Uh, and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for people to pick it up and let me know what you think. Man, this has been such a fun conversation. I could go for hours. I'm not going to do that to you. And and trust me, the listeners are like, Michael always says he could go for hours. And that's because DPB Gang, we bring the best of the best of the best. <laughs> and where else do you get the opportunity to just sit down with people like Near Bashan? Man, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook podcast. How can those listening learn more about you? Like if they want to go deeper than the book, how do they get more near Thanks, Michael. Yeah, I
1: appreciate it. So I'm really easy to find. There's three near Bashans in the entire world. It's N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N. Uh, you know, Google my name or near Uh I have an online community. You can join there and it's free. No Viagra ads. It's like, <laughs> you know, you can communicate back and forth and say, Hey, I'm having this particular problem at my dealership. You know, what do you recommend? And you get, you know, all walks of life chiming in from, uh, you know, students all the way to C-suite people. So it's really exciting. And I'd love to see you and your listeners on there and I'd love to connect and uh, talk further. You're amazing. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thanks brother. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm Michael Cirillo and you've been listening to The Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. If you're ready to make big changes in your life and career and want to connect with positive, nurturing automotive professionals, join my exclusive DPB Pro community on Facebook. That's where we share information, ideas and content that isn't shared anywhere else. I can't wait to meet you there. Thanks for listening.